This is the Convo Lounge. Expression, exposure, experience. Welcome to the Kumbh Lounge podcast, yet another exciting episode where we are going to be having yet another conversation. And today we are joined in studio by an ESG expert and chief environmentalist at Green Loop, Ms. Lindiwe Mudise. Thank you very much for joining us. Hi, Bakang. Thanks for having us. Uh, so uh, let's just start off here. Your chief uh, environmentalist and environmental sustainability and governance um, specialist. Uh, what does that entail? Uh, just give us a high level uh, view of what a day in the life of an ESG specialist is. It's a mouthful, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So by profession, I'm a scientist. Um, my first degree is in microbiology, but uh, my second degree, I ventured into environmental management for my master's. I studied in Russia for eight and a half years, rounding it off, seven and a half. Um, so basically, yeah. And um, I'm a certified environmental practitioner in Botswana under the um, board of yeah, environmental practitioners that licenses us every year. Um, with that license, it enable, enables Green Loop through myself to undertake environmental impact assessments, which are um, studies that um, we undertake as per the Environmental Act, which is adopted in 2005. Um, for us to see how different various sector projects um, could potentially impact the environment, um, the communities within it, wildlife, but following governance yeah. Yeah, and compliance. And we undertake these um, studies for one to know if it's possible for them to undertake a certain project in the in, in the country of Botswana, looking at how the legislative tool has been set. Yeah. Sometimes you can get your project rejected because harm the environment a lot. And sometimes you have a medium scale impact, your project has medium scale impacts which can be mitigated. Yeah. So the whole aim is for us not to reject your projects but to show you how you can implement your project while taking care of the environment at the same time and the communities that live within it. Yeah. So um, that's why I started my profession. But as time went on, I looked at my five-year plan. Yeah. Where's the world going? The world yeah. is going more into the sustainability yeah. um, way of things. And that's where internationals are right now. And eventually, that's where Botswana has to get to. Then I took a step further. Okay, let me do a holistic profession yeah. of encompassing how operations can operate sustainably after undertaking EIA. Yeah. yeah, because I was wondering um, where you saw the opportunity. I mean, having studied uh, microbiology yeah. and then furthering your studies for a master's um, in the space, yeah. uh, where was the opportunity in Botswana? Um, how has, you know, the industry been like? Um, what did you see that actually got you to uh, push towards um, that? Yeah, um, I graduated in 2015 my first degree and I was sponsored by the government of Botswana for both my degrees um, I came back at the time we were severely first hit by drought yeah um, well since my existence so I came back and I prepared a proposal to the environmental department which was funding us to say um, guys I really want to go back to school to go now and study on the rehabilitation of wastewater to potable water. Yeah. Because we were not prepared for drought. Yes. And these are things that we are now being reactive to 
but in the normal world we should have known that it's coming yes. looking at the climate change impacts and patterns for the upcoming years yes. so that's how i transitioned when i saw opportunity that the 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 sector of environment is not really tapped into even as specialists that were certified were not more than 200 mobotswana more than 300 were a very minute group and it's also because legislative tools are not really implemented and laws are not enforced yeah um the police will stop us for passing a traffic light not having a seat belt on yeah. but no one will charge you for littering yeah. but you can actually go to jail if you read our environmental act for littering mobotswana okay. or polluting waters um that's why um water utilities has um acts that are in place for you to if you're an industry before you let water out into um the streams mobotswana you need to pretreat that water first for it to be at a quality that um doesn't harm the environment if it flows back into our rivers yes yeah. so now let when we talk about um this ESG being environment mm. uh, sustainability mm. and governance mm. um what is that and how does that you know play a role in our economy yeah. um right now i mean it's a term that we see it flowing yeah. i think in most of the corporates now yeah mm-hmm. right now esg is the beaming word yeah. but luckily for us we've been saying esg since the four years we started so we turned four this month in september oh congratulations but, thank you <laughs> <laughs> but since our first year we've been saying esg sustainability but mm. and i'm so happy because Uh, we didn't need to wait for 10 years for people to start rioting about this thing now yeah. um so e stands for environment which is the environment we live in um the plants the ecosystem then s stands for social the communities yeah. i get within and g stands for governance which is compliance yeah. a um reporting how do you report better um so these um ESG KPIs are key performance indicators that a company uses to see how they can achieve certain goals of sustainability after five years. Yeah. And I'm not going to go to saying five, ten years because I was recently in a strategy meeting with my consultant and he's like, never plan for ten years, at least plan for five because there'll be minute changes here and there. But ten, you know, don't know what's going to happen in that time. Um, so KPIs come from a framework. A company sets its targets for a really green loop we want to have achieved 3 billion or 5 billion ten over in the next 3 to 5 years. Yeah. And for us to get to that um target, we need to have a roadmap. For you to have a roadmap, you need to have set target there which comes from you setting up a sustainability framework. Yeah. Yeah. The framework comes and then after framework that's when you develop your ESG policies that help you to measure um where you want to get to and to keep you on track where you can achieve your goals within the set time timelines yeah right now where is ESG in Botswana everyone <laughs> is advertising that there is ESG compliance uh, sustainability that's that's a, a sustainable operating organization yeah. but um there's no accountability for what's helping you measure that you are sustainable because we know as experts sagrin lupore haribans in the in, in the industry yes. and unless if you have an international but it's also limiting for you as a local company to bring an international to come and set up a framework for you because it's tailor made to the environment of Botswana yes and an international coming into Botswana a consultant cannot study our environment our dynamics the economy in one month for, yes. for them to develop the framework for you yes so right now everyone we're at a point where everyone is saying they're compliant but they actually do not have frameworks okay. in place so wait let's get it uh, up here mm. who is supposed to be coming with um, these frameworks like a company 
each company would have its own set of um, guidelines mm. or there is a higher um, act or law mm. policy that would actually, you know, uh, govern how everybody else on the base uh, does their things? Um, Botswana as a country through our government has committed to 15% carbon neutralization by 2030. Yeah. That's already at high level. Yes. Right. And it's a policy we've signed with the United Nations. Um the government has brought that to the country, but now corporates need to be accountable for them to set up their own frameworks within their own organizations. Yes. The government gets um, leadership and or guidance from the United Nations. Hore, what do we need to do? What do we need to cut down on? Um, it's not. It hasn't been enforced a lot by the government. Yes, because I was going to ask you yeah. how, how far we are with that. Yeah, they haven't enforced it, but that doesn't also mean that the private sector shouldn't um, play that part. Yeah. You don't need to be punished for you to do your job and be accountable and cut down on your emissions. Um, as soon as maybe the Ministry of Finance through our Honourable Peggy Sarame sets up um, the Carbon Tax Initiative, she's going to start charging people. The Ministry is going to start charging people through bears, Hore, Green Loop, um, you have a plant, it's emitting um, very bad carbon emissions. will charge more money for you, for you operating unless you change into greener alternatives of processing whatever you want to produce in Botswana. Yes. So it's still to be enforced. And through us also, we need to help the government, guys. Yeah. As we know, governments around the world, Babarika in deficits. Yeah. So it's about a tr- the triple P. Public-private partnerships. We need to come together as privates. We're a private entity as well. And we do so much of awareness and speaking to try and get people to buy in into this thing because it's something that affects all of us. Yes. Right? So the government has done what it has for now. But for now, the the private companies need to engage environmental and sustainability consultants to come and study where they are, look at their targets and help them develop those frameworks that speak to their targets. Yeah. Yeah. So what type of uh, industries would you say would need to have um, Mm. such a framework in place? Mm. Uh, What sort of companies should have um, such in place? Can I just as Green Loop yeah. um, now start to have that um, framework for my company at my micro level. Yes. Um, sustainability has no pick on its sectors. It affects everyone from the health sector to the manufacturing sector to the banking sector. So it's actually nice for us as experts go Green Loop because people always ask us who are your target clients? Yeah. Everyone is our target client. But of course we had to start somewhere with the industries that have the most budgets Yeah. because you need to talk to the pension funds they're the ones that bring the money into the country you need to talk to the banks the ones that manage the money with the, with the, um, the investors uh, you need to talk to the mining sector which actually is one of our biggest um, sector that brings income um, same as the tourism sector but everyone is affected by this topic um, we are SMME and we're trying to implement this um, talk of sustainability and frameworks it's a matter of um, you seeing what you can do you take the steps that you can afford to take for now one step I can tell you we've taken in, in, in Green Loop is to say we don't want plastic bottles in our office yeah yeah. we bought glass bottles that you can always refill water in and we give our clients glasses to refill the water 
Yeah. Yeah. Let's go for a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation. We're having a conversation uh, with the founder of a woman-led consultancy in Botswana that deals with environmental sustainability issues, uh, Miss Lindy Wemudisa. This is the Combo Lounge podcast, and we would like to hear what you have to say on our social media platforms at Combo Lounge Africa or through our WhatsApp line, which is plus two six seven seven six five one triple nine two. This is the Convo Lounge. Expression, exposure, experience. Welcome back to the Cover Lounge podcast and we are having a conversation here around issues of environment, social and governance, sustainability and we're talking to Ms. Lindiwe Mudise of Green Loop Consultancy and uh, we just talking uh, just before we went to the break, uh, we're just talking about how, you know, there is an, the uptake of ESG, you know, frameworks in our country, in Botswana uh, in Africa as a whole, we'll just get uh, to that just now to see how, you know, this has been going. The conversations are there. The term is there. Mm. Um, the word is buzzing. But uh, the practices, what exactly um, is the challenge in these mm-hmm. different uh, companies are taking up, up such frameworks? Yeah. Um, actually, last week was Sustainability Week. As um, heads of nations and the cabinets went to, an activist, climate change activists went to New York, yeah. to the United Nations headquarters to... Um, talk about the update or how far are we? Yes. And I was reading that um, they were saying that 2030 is very close and targets have now been moved to 2050. Yeah, because we're not even 15% close to where we need to be. Yes. And this is mainly because companies lack the knowledge and understanding the concept. Um, I don't blame my country and fellow African countries for not knowing where to start. Everyone doesn't know where to start. Yes. Everyone doesn't know who should be allocated the task for sustainability in an organization. Sometimes you find it being thrown to the corporate um, side of the department. Sometimes you find it at marketing. Yeah. You find it at finance. Um, and some organizations actually find they need to actually hire a sustainability consultant. Yes. Yeah. So the limitation for that I have seen or we have seen as Green Loop in Botswana is that um, our nation needs more awareness in being taught what is ESG, like yeah. we're back in school, what is sustainability. They also need, you need to explain to companies because they're, they're, they're profit-making companies. Yes. What is the value proposition of implementing an ESG framework? You need to explain to them that this is a high investment because frameworks are expensive because the consultant needs to co- needs to come into your operations and study each and every department you have from top tier going down. Yes. And how you operate on a day to day basis. And most countries, companies in Botswana don't have um, most of the information documented. It's very manual. It's on paper. Yeah. If it was on a system, you could easily analyze using an, your ERP system of where you are in terms of sustainability and carbon emissions. Some companies, um, such as um, Botswana, Botswana Oil, they use a ERP system called SAP. They use SAP, which is embedded onto, into the ERP system, which um, helps them with uh, maybe accounting and stuff. It's got different modules, but they also have a carbon calculating tool module that can help a company know where they are in terms of emissions. Yeah. So 
we noticed as Green Loop that for our corporates and our government or the private and public sector, for them to understand the topic of sustainability, we need to now um, bring a summit or a conference and bring heads of state to this conference, bring mm. the CEOs, the CFOs, um, all sectors of the industry from the SMMEs to the giant companies to come um, and listen to us break it down. Yes. What is ESG? Why is it important? So on the 22nd to the 23rd of November this year, on 2023, we're going to, Green Loop is going to host uh, the, 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 the Botswana. I'll say the first, we've had a couple of summits, but I'll say the first and I'll explain why. Yes. The first Botswana Sustainability and ESG Summit 2023, it's going to be annual for yes. Green Loop. I'm saying the first because it's going to now be led by environmentalists. Mm-hmm. All the other ones that have been uh, hosted are led by the financial sector, the finance sector, or led by people in the business development sector. Yes. But now it's time for us as environmentalists and sustainability experts to come and say, we understand this this way because this is how it's affecting the environment, coming with data and numbers and matrices. Yes. Because when we're undertaking environmental impact assessments, we use matrix systems. Yes. Right, which range from it's, it's a color tool also that has it ranges from green to red. For where are we when I say um, green loop is not doing well? You're in the red um, zone. zone. Mm. What do I mean? What factors am I pointing at to get you to this point? So that summit is going to bring a lot of awareness. And like I always say, it's it's, it's a thing that has to start from top tier going down. Yeah. We need the government there. We need the private sector there for accountability. We are not the government. We need to hold the government's hand for us to get to where we want to get to as a country. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that a company um, is for profit and we're looking to be making money, but yeah. what is, what's in it for us? Yeah. Um, if we are to have, you know, such a framework or be compliant yeah. um, in such a space. Um, sustainability frameworks, a high investment, they're going to cost you a lot. Yeah. Um, that's why they need a higher budget. That's what companies need to understand. But it's a long-term benefit. Yeah. I'll give you an example. If you as a company transition to buying solar panels now, green solar panels, which are accredited by a ESG specialist, not yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that means you are moving, removing your operation off of the grid. Yes. Your BPC. Yes. That means you are relieving the parastatal of pressure to supply you as a giant company. Right? Yes. You can afford to buy yourself solar panels. Now you've got solar panels. That means the electricity that BPC was pumping to your building can maybe go to rural areas for people that couldn't receive electricity. That's you helping the communities. You are diverting. Over the long course, you've invested in solar panels. It's an asset that belongs to you as a company. Your bill for electricity becomes non-existent. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes dependent on maybe if you've got your solar panels have problems, you can switch to the grid for BPC or you can get off the grid. But at the end of the day, you are saving costs, right? Plastic bottles. You get into meetings, everyone gives you a plastic bottle. That's a one-use bottle. After that, it goes to the landfill and now our landfills are getting to a point where they cannot take any more waste. Transition to having glass bottles right? Or having water dispensers that can be refilled. You then eliminate the cost of you buying plastic bottle water every month and yeah. divert, that, divert that budget into something else. So ESG actually, it's a high 
investment to develop the framework, but it's a cost-saving tool for the long term. Yes. We're here, if you're a company, you know you're looking for long-term benefits, not short-term benefits. If you're looking for short-term benefits, then you're not there for profit-making or you're not a sustainable company. Yes. Those are the kind of elements as environmentalists or sustainability experts that we show by examples. This is what you save. We're here to help you save and make profit. Then you can get to your three billion target in five years. Yes. Yeah. And then how then do you use that to create impact in society? Mm. I would understand the social part. Yeah. Um, element mm. uh, giving back to um, the community. How do you mm. bring it um, into play there? I think I'll go back to you getting off the grid. Yes. You are giving people who can't get power from BPC because they sh- the BPC can only produce so much yes. to lighting their houses. Yes. This is you giving back. And um, annually you should have Annually, companies produce things called um, financial reports. Now, we are producing things called integrated reports, which means you are integrating how you are being sustainable as an organization into your financials. And within there, you can report for a really green loop who are off the grid now. And we are giving back to the community by lighting the houses. Yes. I don't believe in the culture that we've always had of when it's the end of year we go in donate food to mm-hmm. households that is not sustainable we are getting communities to learn how to be dependent on yeah. companies and the government we need to make our communities independent yeah take them to school when you take Lindue to school if she's in a rural area you get her to, you get to you, you are capacitating her to know what you can Actually think for yourself and develop a concept that you can implement to enhance the economy and yourself. Yeah. Next thing, you're not asking for money from anyone. So capacity building, moving off the grid, building schools, those are things that are long-term impact because you need to um, invest your money when it comes to CSR in countrywide impact. Yeah. Yeah. Look, that, that should be your target. Yeah. Not a target for maybe a, a certain, certain community. community. No, then yeah. that's that's not a not that's not a sustainable tool of way of you investing your money. Yes, mm. you did mention that is a very um, taxing uh, practice to go to. Um, how then would companies um, finance um, such? Um, companies have money, mm. but companies have their own priorities. Yeah. So it's up to you if you're a CFO or a CEO. And you sit and you think, what is important? Are you ready to take the risk of you being called out, Hore? You are you are harming the environment, the the, the communities, and you're not complying with governance, international governance, because the SDGs are international governance for for us. Um, it's a matter of you sitting down with your exco. Yeah. Right. And and bring it back to the table. Let's reprioritize. Yeah. Sustainability has to be top tier right now. Yeah. And everything falls under that. Because when we come in as experts, we are going to look at your whole organization. And you need to have the budget for that. Yeah. You know? Um corporate hampers and entertain entertaining your employees at parties, Christmas parties, are what yeah. our corporates spend a lot of money on, unfortunately. Yeah. So now we need to divert funds and actually divert those funds to maybe sustainability courses for our for our employees you know yeah. it, the, those come into the framework as well of you changing mm-hmm. mm. yeah but then what are the, the let's look at the mm. value chains that yeah. would exist um in in such a space right um to say when you come to a point where now you are working with a company mm. and you want to see that this company is actually getting to a point where uh, you'd want us to get to i understand you say that we are not um really there yet yeah uh, but i understand 
and there should be a, a sport where you, you want to push us to. Mm. Um, what is that sport and how would you measure that we are slowly um, or gradually getting to that sport? Um, when we started um, our conversation, I mentioned KPIs, yeah. key performance indicators. Those are the ones that tell us if you are getting to where the targets you've been set for sustainability. Yeah. Those are the policies that show us if you're getting to the target. Because like I mentioned earlier, we use matrices for us to measure. Yeah. Um, I come in, I see that you're using plastic bottles and this is your budget for plastic bottles. I record that. Yeah. I'm gathering data, yeah. right? Or the system captures, if you're using an SAP system, it captures that um, Bagang just went out and bought plastic bottles and it automatically with the calculation for carbon emission tells us how much carbon emissions you're you are, you are, you are, you are adopting into the organization. And yeah. when you transition into something, a green alternative of purchasing water for your organization, the system also calculates that Bagang used to spend this much on water. Now he he's transitioned to a green alternative, the percentage of carbon emissions now drops and it's recorded. Yeah. And when Lindua comes into your system to review where you are now after a month or three months for analysis, I can see that due to the costing, the purchasing, the costing and the calculation, your carbon emission. So we use carbon emissions for that and also what you purchase as organization. Right. Yeah. It's different matrices. They, they vary for different organizations depending on how, what, how you operate. So yes, Lindy. So um, with that, I guess um, there would be a lot of savings that are there um, in the company, and maybe then let's talk about you know the issue of green bonds. Yeah. Um, to save that money, um, how then would you um, then put it back into the economy so that you could have to finance yeah. um, the sustainability or the implementation of such projects? Yeah. Mm. Um, so first of all, a green bond. Um, I think the first green bond which was launched in the in Africa was in Cape Town a couple of years back. Mm. And we don't have a green bond currently in Botswana that was mm. established here, but I'm hopeful that it will come about very soon because everyone is now talking about it. Yeah, you should push it at the summit. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll push it at the summit <laughs> that um, we'll open a, a green loop, green bond. So this a green bond is basically a tool, an instrument of which corporates or the government um, donate the money that they want for the rehabilitation of the environment and communities within it. Everyone brings money into it. Yeah. Then that green bond, that instrument has, has has specific instructions that it only finances green projects for the enhancement and protection of the environment and the societies within it, yeah. complying to international um, regulations of, of, of sustainability. Yeah. And normally it's governed or managed by investors, but the lead person managing a green bond is a sustainability expert mm. because we come in and assess oh Bagang you want to start a, a plant a paper plant um, is it a self-sustainable plant because for you to have a paper plant that recycles waste paper it needs a lot of resources it needs water and it needs power. Yeah. Are you going to put your own solar panels? Because the amount of power you need is going to take power from the communities around you. Mm. Is it going to recycle its own water to keep itself sustainable? Because the amount of water you need is going to reduce water, is going to cut down or short, um, create a shortage for water for the communities around you. Yeah. So that's where you need a sustainability expert to guarantee the investors that this is a green bond because of ABCD looking at the criteria we've um, put aside or set aside for funding certain projects. Yeah. Yeah. But, but when you talk about that, um, are there any projects that you might be aware of in the country that maybe are running um, on, on, on funding from those 
um, green bonds internationally? Currently, I'm not really aware, but I think NDB recently, in partnership with GIZ, the Germans, they recently mm. launched um, a project of funding climate smart agricultural projects. We yeah. call it, is it CSA? Yeah, climate smart agricultural projects. So that's still to implement it, but I think it was launched, I think, a month and a half back. Yeah. Yeah, to, to, to start in, in engaging on, on such concepts. We as Green Loop want to start up the first um, biodegradable packaging plant in the country, um, but we're kind of finding it hard to get the local um, financing institutions or yeah, parastatals to fund us because then they don't understand the concept. It still goes back to yeah, y- y- that, your issue yeah. of not being aware of what this is all about. Yeah, because I always go back. I'm like, guys, why wouldn't you want to fund this? It's <laughs> like, it's it's change. It's it's a, it's a life changing thing because it's going to create employment, of course, but it will show that Botswana has started to move towards sustainable projects. Yeah. We have available the National Environmental Fund under the Department of Environmental Affairs, of which way we they read our reports and approve them. But that fund, unfortunately, it's restricted to NGOs, and okay. some of us are profit making companies. Yeah. We also have the Global Environmental Fund. Um, GEF that um, I think the government is always complaining that Bazona don't apply for it. But same as the National Environmental Fund, it's, it's meant for, for NGOs. NGOs. Okay. So we've got limitations when it comes to um, us as experts. We have concepts that we want to implement, but we find it hard to find the funding. So right now we're still in search of funding, international funding that does um, support profit-making companies. It's there. So this year, between in the next year, I'm sure next time we catch up, I'll be telling you something different that we're funded now by an international... And also, I believe maybe this is where like collaborations uh, might come in. You are the experts, um, these NGOs that are having, you know, their own operations as Mm. well, just to bring uh, them together so that we don't um, work in silos. You know, that is something that is very uh, prominent in Botswana Mm. for us to be fighting the same cause, but then we are working yeah. in, in silos. It silos. doesn't really um, benefit us to where we would want it to, to, to be. Uh, maybe your last words to our beautiful viewers at home and our listeners of the podcast. Yeah, I think I'd just like to tell everyone that sustainability is for us all and we're all accountable for our emissions and we can't leave them to the government. We need to assist. Like I go back to the Triple P initiative, public-private um, partnerships and that we shouldn't be scared. Don't panic. Yeah. Just call an expert. Yeah. Yeah. Just call an expert and afford them the time to explain to you why you need this and get the right budget. Don't argue to not want to pay. Just get the right expert and pay for the frameworks because they will help you in the long run. Yeah. I always tell people, you could be the first person to have implemented ESG in your company and you're going to be the head of that department because of the initiative you're bringing because something new in Botswana. Sustainability is all about collaborations like you're saying. Yeah. Without it, we can't go anywhere as yeah. a country. And I guess uh, Green Loop is open uh, for that, for people to come in and yes. ask you as the expert. Yes, you can come and ask us. Um, we're located in Sotloa Retail Park, yeah, in Unit 9. Um, you can go to our website as well, www.greenloop.co.bw to find out more about us. And we've got all our contact information there, even on social media. Fantastic. Thank, Thank you, you very much for joining us, um, Lindy. Thank and, you so much uh, for the all time. All the best of luck and uh, your future endeavors. And we'll see you at the summit. Thank you 
Peace All right. Much. This is how we come to the end of Convo Lounge podcast for this episode. I hope that it was as insightful as I found it to be. And uh, like we said, it's all about us coming together uh, to collaborate and make sure that we take care of our environment and save the future for the best. Bye. This is the Convo Lounge. Expression. Exposure. Experience.